Well, Larnell Harris's majestic tenor voice has been moving people's souls for over three decades, folks. Three decades. Are you kidding me? Honored with five Grammy Awards, 11 Dove Awards, including being named Male Vocalist of the Year three times and numerous other accolades, Larnell was one of the first Christian artists to cross racial barriers and build healing bridges with predominantly white churches who had never had a black singer on their platform. I can't even imagine those days. He has garnered 19 number one radio singles and countless top ten hits, including his signature song, Amen. He was the first Christian artist to perform inside the Kremlin after the fall of the Soviet Union. And from the White House to the danger zone of the 38th parallel, Larnell has impacted audiences across the globe with his music and ministry. The website you want to go to to check it all out is larnell.com, and he joins us today. Larnell Harris, thank you for your time. Amen. It's good to be with you. But today, you know, all that all that said, I need a car. I didn't get that number. <laughs> 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 I've been sitting here for What is that number, man? I need to find that. How you doing, man? Good I'm to be doing with good. You. I am doing good. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, listen, I, I've been telling a few people, I say, Larnell Harris, you know that name? People say, yeah, Larnell Harris, man. You know, they're thinking back, thinking back. And, boy, you've been doing this a long time, my man. Man, over 30 years, and I'm just learning how to do it. You know, I'm just learning <laughs> how it is to share really what God has put in my heart. You know, there's uh, my prayer really has not changed since the first record or first time when I asked Christ to come to my heart. I mean, you know, Lord, put something in my heart, then teach me how to give it away. And then he began saying some stuff to me. Okay, put yourself in the place where I can do my work in your heart and your life. And you know what? We can make that happen because I need I need everyone that, I, that uh, breathes and stands upright to understand that they are on this earth to tell people about my love and about how I care for them. And if you're willing to do that, then you know what? Uh, let's go for it. Well, no one can ever say that you're not a passionate fella. That's for sure. And the passion, I mean, seriously, it's been going strong for over 30 years. Can you do me a favor? Can you tell me about growing up in Danville, Kentucky? What was that like for you? Oh, I can tell you, all six and a half acres of it. You know, I just really loved, <laughs> loved that little town. Uh, I, I grew up uh, there with Christian parents and... Uh, and joined church when I was 12 years old, but that's about what I did. You know, I, I think, um, I know it was explained, you know, how it is that you become a Christian, but I grew up there and, and joined church when I was 12 and did my first concert when I was nine in the First Baptist Church of Danville, Kentucky, and sang some of these old songs, and, and uh, there were tears in my eyes, and I really didn't understand that, you know, um, and I think even at that time, you know, God was beginning to do something in my heart that I that I would later understand, and um, and uh, I just uh, uh, was part of the youth groups, uh, uh, had all that Christian jargon in my in my back pocket, just like uh, many other folks of of that era, and um, really had not received Christ in my heart. I went to high school there, um, was in the band. I played basketball. I was honorable mention all state. Uh, you know, um, I was a, I grew up as a boy soprano. Yeah, I was going to say that's yeah, that's got to be hard, man. I mean, hey, I, I, I've got to tell you something, man. You learn you boy soprano judo. Those two things <laughs> kind of go together, <laughs> you know. So I grew up, uh, you know, uh, there trying to sing. I one one wonderful thing happened as as a lot of my uh, high uh, grade school grand, grandmas and grandpas. I call them that because they were folks 
Uh, I went to an all-black high school until my junior year, and these folks had been out. They had been out, and they had seen the dream, and they came back to Danville. Many of many of those teachers uh, that I also called Grandma and Grandpa were were from Danville, and they were going to help us. We didn't know it at the time. Get a ceiling off of our dream so that we could look out into the world and see what we would become. And um, uh, that was just, uh, I had a uh, uh, principal, Mr. Bob Summers, they called him. And at that time, you know, they could spank you. You know, you did Mm. something bad. Somebody take you somewhere and tan your hide. (laughs) And so I had had a particular skirmish with uh, this singing thing, you know. This boy soprano, the singing all high and everything, and he took me into his office. And when you went down to Bub's office, there were, it was like going down into a dungeon. You were down these steps, and you kept oh. going down and down. It kept getting darker and darker. And he did the most amazing thing. This gruff uh, man, who was a disciplinarian of our school, loved us like uh, his own boys and girls, but we didn't know that. And he sang. And he had the most beautiful high soprano tenor voice. No way. And from that day on, it was, hey, okay to do it. It's okay to sing. Nice, <laughs> nice. Well, you know what? I mean, you did have a lot of encouragement growing up from your principal, but also, I mean, we've got to talk about Miss Georgia, right? Oh, Miss Georgia Dunahy. Taught piano lessons to every kid in town, whether they wanted them or not. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, I, I, you know, again, she was one of those people who had been out. She'd received an education from one of the universities around and had come back, and she knew that she knew talent when she saw it, she thought. And uh, I took piano lessons from her, and she was the lady who would take me around to various teas and various functions around our little town, you know, to sing. And in that first concert, Miss Georgia Dunahy played piano. She played she played piano for the church choir there, and uh, and when I would sing in the you know, in the morning services, the ladies in the the ladies in the church choir would just cry. You know, <laughs> and, and the kids my own age would just laugh and throw things. So yeah. I, I can tell you, oh. that's that's what it was like. And uh, but I, my mom always said something to me. She said, "No, no matter what happens to you, always conduct yourself so that you can always go home." And you know what? I've done that. I've oh, nice. got some of those grandpas and. And grandfathers are still there, and they're great friends. Nice. Larnell Harris on the phone with us. You met Cynthia at Western Kentucky University, and I hear that the dating life with Mitzi was absolutely perfect. Smooth sailing. Oh, man, who told you that? <laughs> <laughs> did, I, did, I get some, did I get some bad information from Gina? You got some Gina? bad information. Yeah, let's play hey, Gina. What, that, what, was what, give me some good, what was that card you looked No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, um, it was like every other relationship. It takes, it has its ups and downs. I met uh, uh, Mitzi. Uh, now, uh, Cliff Barrows introduced me one night, and I was giving my testimony, and uh, he knew Mitzi. He knew Cynthia, and I kept talking about Mitzi. <laughs> you can imagine how that disturbed him on the platform <laughs> as I was giving my testimony. Uh, nobody calls her Cynthia. Everybody calls her Mitzi, and she. This coming December the nineteenth, for those of you who send gifts, we will celebrate thirty-eight years of our marriage. We're just having a great time. But you know what? We had the same kind of relationship as as most folks have, I guess. It was it was a little rocky at times, and uh, you know, and that was because she was a grown-up. Drew, I was still a kid. Yeah, she was grown up and ready to make a life, and uh, I'm still, uh, you know, kind of playing basketball. Yeah, and and it was. 
some years later, because of that, that we we got married. Um, it, it wouldn't have happened. In, it wouldn't have happened in, in college, but but uh, some years later. Yeah. And she, she you know, this is a lady who has her master's in special education and is very much involved in uh, in her own ministry, and that is of teaching and sharing with special children. So she is quite quite a lady. It was quite a catch. Well, then after just a couple of years of marriage, you lost your voice, and so of course, what do you do when you lose your voice? Your your main way to make money, your vocation. You know what you do? Yeah. You, you, you plan on having a family, and you buy a house. That's what you do. Yeah, buy a house. We bought a house, and. Uh, the payments were $120 a month. I'll never forget it. And I said, you know, we're never going to make it. <laughs> this is not going to work. But, you know, uh, that was a time when I probably learned some of the the best lessons and the greatest lessons that I was going to learn from the Lord, that first of all, I could depend on him. It didn't mean that I could sit and do nothing, but uh, that I could depend on him. We never missed a payment on anything. I don't know how that worked. It was it was the Holy Spirit and, and God wrapping us in his arms and taking care of us and saying, you know what, you're going to be okay. Yeah, or those special uh, education teachers made a boatload of money, which yeah, I, you I, know don't what? Think, I don't think so. <laughs> not not so. But somewhere it came about, it came, and uh, we made our payments, and uh, not long after that, really, when I was still having voice trouble, and I had voice trouble because I was traveling all over the country and just singing, you know, sometimes two and three times a day, and uh, you know the voice is not meant to take that. No matter, no matter, even if you're doing Christian stuff, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, it, it. I really needed some rest, and I got that rest. And during that rest, I began to just bathe myself in the Word and try to find work wherever I could. But I just bathed myself in the Word, and I was a little concerned about voice because, again, as you mentioned, that's how I made my living. That's what I was going to do. That's. I was a voice major at the at the university, and and had this voice in hand, was ready to take over the world. And when I got this voice had the formation of nodules on my vocal cords. Um, I kind of wondered. I was a little angry with God. You know what? What are you doing? I mean, here I'm. I'm out here trying to do, trying to share you, and you know what is this? Yeah. What's up and with so that? At, at, right. And as I began to take baths in the Word, I came to the conclusion, and it wasn't me. I know that it was God working uh, through His Word that if you are going to allow my voice to be taken, like a lot of the doctors and speech pathologists and all these people that I've been seeing have said, then you must have something awfully good coming. And, uh, you know, he did. Hmm. I was speaking with Kristen Chenoweth a few weeks ago, and uh, being the uh, vocal artist that she is, she will oftentimes, prior to a big gig, the day before, hang a chalkboard around her neck and write on that. She won't even use her voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, whatever it takes. Uh, I, I'm probably not going to be doing that. But <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, whatever it takes yeah. for you. But you do, you do have the responsibility. God has given you a gift to take care of it. All right. So you buy the house, and then a little while later, Larnell Jr. or is it Lonnie? What does he go by now? Well, we call him Lonnie. Yeah. Okay. So and Teresa come along, and then a few more years later, three grand. Is it still three grandchildren? You have more now. Three grandchildren, yeah. Been here today, that's all we can handle right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I like to do that with other people's kids. I wind them up and send them home, right? So, uh, <laughs> 38 years of marriage, I'm sure everyone asks you, you know, what's the secret, Larnell? I mean, uh, not only have you been married uh, for 38 years, which these days seems like a record, but, you know, you're in the entertainment industry and the traveling and everything, and we've heard about a lot of people getting into trouble and marriages, yeah. marriages going down the toilet. How'd you do it? 
You know, um, I, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, one of the things that, that we did uh, when, when we got married was that we decided between each other and, uh, of course, with the Lord as our center, hopefully, that we didn't have any options. We ain't got no options, babe. If something happens, if we disagree on something, I mean, no matter what it is, and I can, uh, you know, I can think of some pretty weird things that we argued about, you know, in those early days and still do. Uh, first of all, we're going to try to fight fair. Uh, we had to learn that over a, a number of years. But that we just didn't have any options. If we had an issue, we were going to have to work it out. Yeah, there was no plan B's. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Listen, right. I don't care how much you hate my socks on the floor. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere, okay? <laughs> and and the same thing for her. I can think of some pretty awful things. And as you've mentioned, marriage goes through, it, you know, it's no picnic. It can be wonderful, but it's it's not a picnic. And I can just imagine some awful things. And I... Came to the, I came to to a place, and this is only by the help of the Lord, that no matter what happens, no matter what, I, I can't think of anything that Mitzi could do that would make me leave. Hmm. There's just nothing, and and I don't know how you get there without placing your lamb on the altar and saying, you know what, it's yours, Lord. You, you gotta you gotta take care of it here. I'm gonna hold you to your promise that if I depend on you and I make you, I put you at the center of it, and if I do everything possibly, humanly possible to make this work, that you will give us the strength and the power to do it. Now, does that mean that people who who have, have had to split up for some reason or other haven't made that kind of commitment? It does not. You know, uh, I'm, I, I think I, I'm just very thankful that for us, for Mitzi and me, we we decided a long time ago that we we just didn't have any options and we were going to have to we were, we were going to have to do something. We're not going to depend totally on the Lord for for this. He's given us strength to and uh, the wherewithal to uh, and the smarts, you know, to make some good decisions in our marriage. Good. But we're going to have to do something. And that one thing that we're going to do is we're going to commit to each other no matter what. Good, good. Well, Larnell, you said marriage is not a picnic. My marriage is a picnic. Uh, no, okay. no, it is. I mean, it's 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 on top of a red ant hill, but it's it's a picnic. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah, the fire ants. You yeah, know, the uh-huh. ones that yeah, bite. that's it. The fire ants, exactly. <laughs> okay, you've been a deacon in the same church, and is it Louisville, Kentucky, that area that yeah, that yeah. you and your family you've attended for over thirty years? So I'm guessing that your church doesn't give a holy grunt that you're a multiple Grammy Award winner. Not one iota. And you know what? Sometimes in those business meetings, I would love to be able to bring that up <laughs> <laughs> so that I could get my vote through so that yeah. things would run like I want them to, you know? You just bring, you just bring one of those Grammys uh, just before the vote and just kind of set it on the table in front of you, right. you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I tried that once. It, it doesn't work. No, I can't, I, tried that. I can't imagine it go over that well. They don't care any more about Grammys than my wife does. I remember when I won two one year and I came home. And uh, she had a little uh, get-together for me with some folks and some officials in town, folks that I knew quite well. And, yeah, because uh, you, you couldn't make the award ceremony that year, right? No, I could not. But uh, she had that party. It was a very nice thing. And that next morning, that note on the kitchen table, just as per usual, I thought maybe we could bypass it at least once. She always left a note tell- giving me my chores for the day. Oh, the honey, you know, the honey-do honey list. The honey-do list. And on the kitchen table, I still have it. I've got it uh, uh, in the scrapbook. It said, honey, God bless you. Uh, 
congratulations, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then it said, listen, don't forget to take out the trash today. <laughs> <laughs> and to be certain to get that trash in the garage. You missed that last time. And um, uh, I was going to the garbage can with newspapers that had my picture in them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's just surreal, man. That's just a bizarre moment. So my church uh, has... has uh, uh, you know they don't quite have them. You know, put them in the same place that Mitzi does, but it makes no difference. And you know what? That's been so good for us because this is a place where we go to replenish, to hear the word of God, to participate, to be involved, and to serve our Lord. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, uh, Larnell, today is June sixth, two thousand and nine. Uh, Twenty-two years ago, on June sixth, nineteen eighty-seven, the LA Times did a piece on you, and the article reads. Harris said he doesn't believe the increasingly sophisticated packaging and marketing of gospel will dilute the music's religious quality. He cited the Christian heavy metal rock group Striper as an example of musicians whose contemporary, highly produced medium also convey a genuine religious message. Now, I'm sure you remember saying that 22 years ago. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> but here's here's the thing. I got a couple of questions that come out of that. First of all. Sure. I'm not sure whether you realize this, but it's interesting how you would say in that quote you mentioned Striper. Last week I had Michael Sweet on the show, and today yeah, I had I had Oz Fox on the show because Oz just got married last night to uh, Annie Lobert, who is the founder of Hookers for Jesus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, so anyway, we had a nice little chat with them this morning, the first morning of their honeymoon. They allowed us uh, kind of to come in and. You're no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I need to talk to that guy. I, I know. That I know. No, we had we had a good time. I mean, those those are two fun cats. They really are. But um, 22 years later to the day, though, I got to ask you, how has gospel music changed? Well, um, every person, folks like the guys in Striper, they relate to the Lord from where they came. You know, I came from a good little church back in Danville, Kentucky. I relate to the Lord one way. I write that way and and, and minister that way. Um, somebody asked me, you know, that same question, that, you know, in an interview, and I said, I don't know where gospel music's going, which is much unlike my opinion from 22 years ago. Well, yeah, because you yeah. said you said you yeah. don't believe the increasingly sophisticated packaging and marketing of gospel will dilute the music's religious quality. But here's the deal. I mean, I asked Larry Norman, obviously, before he died, you know, sort of facetiously, when are you coming out with your worship CD? Because it seems like everybody has a worship CD these days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he sort of said, uh, yeah, uh, never. <laughs> Uh, worship, the worship industry has become that. It's become an industry. The commercialization of it, the sophistication, the packaging, the marketing, the shtick, it's, it's getting a little, a little too much, man. Well, you know what? I just, I just lean on the word of the Lord that, that says that when, when, when God's word goes out, it does not return without doing what it was meant to do. No matter who sings it, no matter how we market it, you know what? I'm I'm kind of glad that we're doing that. We have a little more money to make these, uh, to make recordings and to 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 make them in a way that is competitive with anything out there. That the the sound, the orchestras, the the bands, the you know whatever you use, the sounds, the the recording techniques. You know, I'm I'm happy for that. And I know that God's music is not going to do anything that He doesn't want it to do. Now, it is in the hands of, of the most fallible 
creatures on Earth. Yeah, it's in the ha- creation. It's, it's in the hands of faulty humans. Yeah, and 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 you know what? That cannot be new to him. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's point. That's not new to him. That's a good and, point. And and he will he will make certain that as he always has. I mean, this was a thing we were talking about in, in, that they were talking about in Paul's day. You know, there listen, there are guys out there who are who are preaching Paul. They are saying stuff uh, in your name, and and they are uh, in it for gain. And Paul said, you know what? The word is being preached. I don't care what you do to it. Uh, if you malign it, if you if you uh, if you try to uh, use it simply to make a living, hey, you know that's your thing. God said that his word will never return unto him without doing what it's what it's supposed to do and that is this it will continue if you're using god's word and the bible is the basis of it it will continue to tell of his love that he is indeed the rewarder of those who diligently seek and pant after him and that if you sincerely commit and submit your life to him and ask him to come in he will that's that's what's that's the important nugget here we are chatting with the one and only Larnell Harris. Uh, Larnell, do you remember your time on Regis and Kathy Lee? You know, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, in fact, Kathy was a good friend of mine. I had stayed at, uh, at, at her home out in California while I was working uh, on, a, on, a, on a recording project, and so I knew Kathy well and really enjoyed being a part of that program. Well, she has become a, a very dear person in my life over the last few years. One of the most giving, generous, warm, sensitive, caring, authentic, messy followers of Christ that I've ever come across. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, I can, and I cannot say that I'm surprised that that... That is Kathy in a nutshell. She is a wonderful, wonderful person. Yeah, exactly. But I think that you and Kathy Lee should do a CD together. I'm telling you hey, right man, now. that'd be fun. I'm that'd tell- be fun. That would be a hit. She used to do uh, stuff with her sister. I don't know if she's still doing that. But, uh, yeah, that would be fun. In fact, on the show, we actually sang something together. I, don't, I can't remember what it was, but uh, uh, that'd be, that would be a fun thing to do. Who haven't you sung with yet that you'd really like to? Oh, gee. Well, I got to tell you, um, uh, when you do more than wonderful, and I've just seen Jesus, and you're in the vocal band, and you and, and Steve Green, of course, uh, we uh, wrote a song that Promise Keepers used for a while called "Teach Me to Love." You know, all dealing with the, 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 this whole racial issue, we found out that men of men of a certain age uh, had not dealt with uh, some of those issues yet, and that's uh, of those issues of race. Most of us, when it got too hot downtown, we moved out to the suburbs and never <laughs> and never looked back. <laughs> and so we still had some of those issues to deal with, and 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 what the Lord was do, uh, allowing the Lord to reach down into some of those recesses of our lives and and pull some of that junk out of there. And so, teach me to love was used to do that. So I've sung with I've sung with the best, and uh, and hopefully uh, I hope the folks who have uh, that we've joined together with have enjoyed uh, singing with me. Oh, listen, that that duet, that big one, the the one. I mean, it's the one that everybody keeps talking about, you and Sandy Patty. I mean, that just still rips people's souls. Well, I've just seen Jesus, you know, and, and i got to tell you, uh, uh, when you when you hear that song the next time, I don't want you to miss one of the most important lines in it. And I believe it's the reason why, you know, past the performance, okay, uh, that, 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 has, that continues to go. And that is this. In there, it says, and Sandy and I, when we do it together, we always make certain that we are looking at each other to reaffirm that message. All that I've done before doesn't matter anymore because 
guess what, folks? I know what they've been saying. I know what they've been saying. I know what they've been telling you. I know the, I know the, I know the junk that the principalities and powers have been laying at your feet. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter anymore if you will simply ask Christ to come into your heart, because all that I've done before doesn't matter anymore. He's alive. He is not dead. Larnell Harris, I don't think anybody is as passionate about gospel music as as you are. I got to say, I saw you in one of my all time favorites. I mean, this guy was a flashback to my early Jesus days, where I was, you know, I should have been locked up. I was that irritating to people. <laughs> sort of my Keith Green days, that's what I call it. But yeah, yeah, but, Keith, well, I loved him. Yeah. <clears throat> when I first heard some decent tunes, it was it was stuff like the Imperials, and of course, Russ Taff was part of that. And I saw you and Russ Taff sing a duet, "We Will Stand." Yeah. Man, I mean that was something else. What a what a privilege to sing with this guy. I mean, uh, he's a, Russ he... has been around a while and and uh, uh you know, it is no secret that God is continuing to work in his life, uh you know, and and we're all the same. Yeah. And to be able to stand and sing that song with him. I believe he wrote that. Didn't he write that? He did write that. Uh uh that that in 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 the light of God's love, we will stand, and we must stand together uh, as 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 Christians first, denomination somewhere down the line. Listen, and, that, and that's because of this. You know, I found out over the years that, and I was one of them, and and maybe at times still still am, that we don't like people as we don't Christians don't like people who disagree with them very much. No, you know, we we uh, boy, we'll we'll cut you off, and <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, that is just not that's just not part of the plan no you know jesus had uh, issues with the religious in regard to that you know of saying listen he chastised them and encouraged them at the same time to really believe on the one that you've been reading about the incarnation of him is standing before you but i came i came to to, to because there are folks out here who need a doctor there are people who really need to, to to hear this stuff. And Paul said it again. Listen, when I said to you not to uh, associate with with folks who uh, uh, were not walking according to the, the, the way of the Lord, I wasn't. Listen, you misunderstood. I wasn't talking about sinners. We don't like that word. I, I wasn't talking about sinners. I wasn't talking about people who don't believe. They're in the world, but we've got to be out there in the world, reaching and grabbing and. And and refusing to let go because we have something that they desperately need, and uh, and so it is always a privilege to join with with someone to sing, or be a part of a, a group thing because I think it shows to the world, and to uh, and to Christians alike that listen we're we're together in this thing now yeah we you know we got to do business and uh, some do it a little better than others but the, but but we have got to show that as as God's people, we are together for one purpose, and that is to wrap some towels around our neck and 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 gather. Yes, on our Sunday mornings, uh, refusing to uh, just gather to to sing the new latest greatest praise song, or uh, uh, simply because the windows are pretty, but uh, but but sort of uh, putting away, covering the sign that's up over the door that remind us of, of our denominationalism and wrap some towels around our necks and around our shoulders and waist and find some folks and begin to wash feet, begin to say to them, 
because because they've not been loved and and they 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 are not believers and and show them the love of Christ uh such that they will internalize the message that cannot be messed up with marketing and it cannot be messed up with with our lives hey if it if that could have been done it'd been gone yeah yeah, that would have been gone. But, but Larnell, I mean, you, you know, as much as you're painting a picture of utopia here, you know, of the way it should yeah, I, be. I'm, uh, not li- I'm not living this. No, <laughs> no, know? no. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, one of the reasons I got you on the show today is because when I was talking to Gina, she had mentioned that that you got into a little bit of trouble because you went and sang to the Mormons. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dude, a good trouble. Yeah, that's but, a good trouble. But seriously, <laughs> what is that? I don't. Know, where did the heat come from? The heat came from, it's very surprising, it came from evangelicals. And it, it, it but, but, but well-meaning, misunderstood, uh, misunderstanding evangelicals. I think they felt that, uh, that I was, and, and, and expressed this in some emails and some letters uh, that I received, and hey, I didn't think I was in trouble at all. You know, you know, I run to that kind of trouble. When, when, uh, uh, they felt that, was was asking the question, why are you going to Brigham Young to uh, uh, to support Mormonism? Well, that's crazy. <laughs> that, 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 that's just nuts. I was doing evangelism and did evangelism. I was playing golf with some friends who didn't, who who maybe don't see things like I do. Uh, and I'm and when I stood in front of that crowd. Uh, I, and we, we normally put together a choir when we go of volunteers and, and choir members in the area. We had a choir that night. They were full of uh, church of Latter-day Saints uh, kids and their church members. And we sang these songs of faith. And I stood up and I said, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to spend any time tonight preparing to beat you to the uh, parking lot to turn over your car if you don't believe <laughs> if you don't believe like I do and if you don't agree with me it's the same thing I said to a bunch of of, of Jewish folks in uh, in Jerusalem when I had the opportunity to sing at a wine and cheese tasting event and I said to them I said I'm not going to spend any time beating up on you trying to trying to convince you that I'm right I'm going to to do what I'm I'm going to sing these songs of faith and I got to tell you something. When I do that, um, my my light's going to show because I I've done nothing to hide it, nor will I. And I'm going to sing these songs of faith to my Lord, and you listen. And one of the one of the Jewish guys that that uh, that introduced me said, you know what? After it was over, he got up and he said, if that's Christianity, I think I'll take a look at it. Wow, that's pretty cool. And that's what we're trying to. That's what that's. That's the game we're in, folks. Yeah, well, you know, let me just say, as we wrap this up, man, I am so sorry for that heat, but as you said, that's that's a good kind of heat. That's something you don't mind. Hey, don't, listen, do not apologize. I didn't apologize in the face of that. In fact, you know what? Good fight's okay, Russell. I tell my church that, and we fight over some of this stuff. You know, a good fight's okay. Yeah. You know, I will. Listen, Jesus did much more than that. Paul hung upside down. Listen, that was nothing. Yeah. That was nothing. wasn't going, and it was not going to stop me, and it didn't. Good, good, Larnell Harris. The most important question I have at this interview, I've saved to the very end. You ready? I'm ready. Go ahead. What's your handicap? 
Boy, it's too high to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I look at that club in my hand and I say, what is this in your hand? <laughs> you know, unlike Moses. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! No, I know you're. I know you're an avid golfer, and uh, I just. Uh, anyway, I, I wish you the best with that. <laughs> well, hey, thank you very much for that. <laughs> His latest CD is entitled "I Want to Be a Star." It's uh, already garnered three top twenty national radio singles, including the hit "Look at Your Hands," which went to the top three position. Billboard magazine said, "I Want to Be a Star" is another gem in the crown of one of Christian music's true treasures. Larnell Harris, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on, and uh, uh, just, just pray for that handicap. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. And give me that number, all right? Yeah, you got to get your car. <laughs> Thanks, Larnell. All right, man. All right, bye-bye. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. Okay, no more guests. We're into our last half hour of the show. We're going to lighten it up a little bit. No talkback subjects. Ah, if you want to call, I guess you can call. We're going to do some useless television trivia. We're going to read some emails. And we're going to talk to uh, Carrie Pomeroli, our Hollywood correspondent. We'll be right back. Here comes a knocking.